Wait a second. This isn't the lighthouse. Ah, Pierce looks like he pulled a Jojo rabbit and told people to watch a movie and never review it. Oh my god. We did do that with the Jojo rabbit. I forgot all about that. Well, exactly. yeah, unfortunately, if, if anyone was looking forward to our lighthouse episode, we lost the recording. Maybe we'll, maybe one day we'll record it again, but I, I don't know. I feel like the, the discussion is too fresh in our minds to like have a proper new discussion. I, I just feel like we'd be retreading a lot of old ground. So, you know, really maybe, sorry. maybe, maybe one day we'll, we'll try and record it again, but I, I don't feel like it would, I don't feel like we would do it justice re-recording it so soon after having those ideas so fresh in our minds. No promises. <laughs> no promises. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, oh, we maybe no promises. Lighthouse? Why are we talking about the lighthouse? It's because, because... we chose this topic. Yep. Because we chose that movie first, and now the recording's gone. <laughs> yeah, well, but I think we, I think we still chose a solid topic. Maybe not for your book, but mine was very good. Uh, the topic we chose: absurd horror. Um, something different. Um, I wasn't. It's not. I don't know that that's a real genre, but I basically, when I pitched it to Justin here. I said something along the lines of like, it's just different from weird horror, which weird horror is like Lovecraft and Poe and all that, but like, like weirder or, or, or different, like something even outside of like cosmic horror. Um, if you watch the lighthouse, you would know what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, uh, my name is Pierce. I picked The Cypher by Kathy Cochin. And I picked the book Horror Store or Horror Store by Grady Hendrix. Um, yeah, that o, the o umlaut in, uh, in Swedish is a little hard to pronounce. It's like Horror Store or something no, like that. I'm not even going to try. Yeah. We, we know that we can't, I can't pronounce anything German, so. Well, it's Germanic. I, I believe the Swedes pronounce it a little bit differently. But yes. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's. If you guys are very um, adamant on me pronouncing things right, I've got something to tell you. I'm American. We don't ever <laughs> pronounce things right ever. We speak one language and barely what? even that. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. The Americans do a better job of pronouncing things than, like, British people do. Have you heard British people talk about Mexican food? Oh. They say taco, like like that. Point taken. Yeah. Point taken. Yeah, no, you are right. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's just. Yeah. Um. Again, th these books are kind of obscure. Um. We, we really thought out of the box here because you know what? We're tired of reading just the classics, the the things, the quintessential. Um. Not even American classics, just literature in the literature canon we want to try something different honestly I, I feel like horror really is the place to step out of your comfort zone like there's so much horror out there and i feel like horror is very dominated by probably like the big three so you know or my the people who i think are the big three yeah, honestly po, there are the big three, po, yeah. stephen king oh. and lovecraft and yeah. then like outside of that there's like what like two two like like frankenstein and, and dracula and 
maybe a few of a, ha- a handful of others. Yeah, but like but, author names synonymous with horror. Right. Those are the three. Yeah, exactly. So like, so but the there's so that. much horror outside of that that I mean, a lot of people never even hear about. So if if there's ever a month to really step out of our comfort zones, it's probably October. And maybe you know, maybe after this, maybe I won't go step back into my comfort zone because yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe you just stepped out of your comfort zone in the wrong direction. I think that's yeah. what happened here this month. I think, yeah. The thing is, I I don't know if this is an indie author. Um, I I can't find anything. This was supposed to be adapted into a movie, and then it wasn't. Horror story is, it's an interesting. So usually, I I do get to the habit of just reading. Only the well-claimed novels, the critically acclaimed novels, and I've just my um, familiarity with contemporary literature is pretty lacking. Um, I see, not that I go on book talk or book Twitter often, but they're just talking about um, all these contemporary authors, and not all of them are good or interesting. Like Colleen Hoover, I I don't, I don't care about that, but like I'm just I just I just want to read more, and kind I, the reason why I really like fiction in general uh, is that it reflects um the time period and even if you're even set back in time you kind of know when it was written and it kind of reflects the attitudes at the time and here horror store is no difference because um it does <laughs> the thing is i pierce there's there an episode of not just any book club where i just kind of tore into this up-and-coming indie author i was like hmm should i have to delete it because I, I felt really bad but this time, I'm not going to make the same mistake. Um, we're going to be nice to this author because oh, I actually you know, do remember that now that you mention it. I had forgot that that yeah. happened. Yeah. Whoops. I, I I swear I'm not that bad of a guy, or I'm not that bad of a guy as I was in that episode. I this think episode. It's, uh, so I think it's just like it's hard to balance the like yeah. enjoyment of a work with criticism of that work. If you really thought yeah. it was like terrible, then like who's to say you're wrong, but also like, you know, a lot of these authors put their like souls into these works. So it's yeah. like, it's difficult to balance that. And I am in the minority here because I don't know, this book was apparently well acclaimed. Um, this was released in 2014. Um, it, this was, again, it was about to be adapted into a movie. It got released to a well-acclaimed audiobook. And I saw people on Reddit saying, yo, this book is pretty good. Um, I personally didn't think so. And I, I, I could say that, um, you know, I, I could just dig into it. But the thing is, again, what I like most about fiction is that it reflects life. And it reflects contemporary life. And I think um, what Grady Hendrix was trying to do here was very interesting. Um, this is supposed to be written as a horror comedy. I personally didn't think it was... Um, you know, neither very scary or very funny. But I did think that um, this was one of those. I really hate to use the word elevated horror because that's a term that ha- that has been gaining some traction recently. And I don't know. I, I, I it's just it's horror with a message. Mm-hmm. And here it's um, it, it's about the thing, working. The, in a dead I, I will say I will. Say, I just want to jump in real quick about that. I will say I feel like most horror is elevated horror. It's like fantasy, yeah. right? Like you don't have to think about. There's usually like some deeper meaning behind our like fear of the thing or the monsters yeah. of metaphor, and people just haven't really like they weren't thinking about that before with fantasy too. It's it's not that it was never there. It's just like people didn't 
think of it like that. Yeah, right now it. people yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm guessing to give the author credit, it is it is something just above than just like you know, haha, it's a haunted IKEA store because this book is about a haunted IKEA store. Um, but the thing is, it's it's not really well well written because of um, I, I'm gonna say that the characters. Um, are fall way too much into horror archetypes, and they do reference contemporary pop culture, which is something that has always bothered me in any medium when they reference something that's bound to be outdated. Because one of the characters, because um, they stay in this IKEA store um, to find ghosts, they start talking about ghost adventures on TBS and all these other dated TV channels that were probably on their way out by the time of writing. So I don't know. Every time that happened, I just started rolling my eyes because. Eventually, there might become a point where, you know, you don't get it. Uh, no one will get it when you're reading it. Um, and I get that's to reflect the times, but at the same time, it's just it's too obscure to really, you know, make sure that it, it kind of relates to the day and age. Two, this is also a something that is almost ubiquitous in all my criticisms of just um, this exposition in general. It's putting exposition in dialogue. Um, I just I don't like that. Um, I, I know there's no easy way to do it, but it's just, it's done here pretty lazily. Um, and all the characters, I'm not going to say all the characters, but most of the characters just fall into these really shallow archetypes. Um, so right off the gate, we're just starting off with just very cliched horror. And I think, I forgot who the main character was, but basically she's working a very dead-end job at an Ikea store, um, and she hates her manager, and... Basically, they start butting heads, but they stay overnight, and they just start noticing that some things in this IKEA store are very strange. Um, the furniture is moving on its own, kind of in a way. They, they're seeing some writing on the wall, and then they start to uncover more history about why this IKEA store was built and all that. Um, and basically, it's supposed to be this metaphor uh, that I, I don't want to spoil what it is because I again, even though I'm just kind of not giving a glowing recommendation of the book, I'm still trying to highlight what it. It's about it's about like working in a job that you hate and basically how um, your boss and and I'm guessing the, the manager here is kind of a foil to the ghost boss. Um, it's just basically making everyone soulless that they're just automatically doing stuff. They're automatically just essentially just ripping out the souls of the workers and they're not um, really fully human. They're not fully aware of just the fact that, you know, they have free will and. I'm guessing that's kind of a diatribe against capitalism or a managerial work. Yeah, just, at least at least the the kind of capitalism that like gets people to work at like department yeah. stores. <laughs> yeah, and retail. We yeah. both worked in retail. Um, not not usually the most pleasant place to be working. No, it's it's. I don't think it's the end of the world, but like some days are yeah the worst days ever, and then some days are just fine. That's yeah. basically that's basically the scale for retail. It's like fine, you can't have a good day. It's fine or it's awful. Yeah. So I mean, I'm guessing it highlighted that part well. Um, dealing with the, the occasional rude customer. Um, it's just it's not enough to engender empathy, enough empathy for me to really care about the characters and the scares. And I'm guessing I have not read much horror novels. I've seen a lot of horror movies, but not much horror, which I should improve on. Um, and you know, grad school is just piling up, so I don't have much time to read on my own except for outside this book club and maybe mm -hmm. the occasional book. It's just, it wasn't that scary. Um, a lot of it is just like very cliched scares, and I don't want to spoil what, but like they don't describe 
the thing that I, I wish I had quote out, but like they don't describe the thing that should be scary in a way that is scary. It's not effective horror. And they don't really rack up the tension because these characters you don't, you know, really come to care for. Um, it's just characters come first and when I'm for for me in a book. Um sometimes people care more about the concept, but I don't think it was really focused on the concept here. It's just it didn't deliver. And I honestly I, I don't regret reading this book. I know that I've I've been wailing against it, but like I, I think that it has some very interesting things to say. Um, I, it does have a very interesting ending um, about like trauma and dealing with it and almost selling yourself out for another job. Um, and like how basically you can kind of overcome your differences um, with people that, you know, who may have sold themselves out and you having to deal with the trauma and the injustice in the world. But I, it's, it's just not well written. Um, and maybe he might have written a better book. Um, I'm just not that interested in watching uh, and reading anything by it, but I, I do like the concept of a haunted IKEA store. Which actually, yeah. I did look up. There's a video game that is based off of this. Well, not based off the book, but off the concept mm -hmm. called "The Store Is Closed." And it's an indie game. And I, I this is kind of where I struggle with like rating books on Goodreads too. Like, I, if you look at my ratings, I've rated almost everything a three, four, or five. Like, I rate, I don't really typically rate ones and twos. I do have a handful, I'm pretty sure. But I'm sure you not like finished books. Like, I usually don't, I usually don't rate books that I don't finish. Although, hmm. you know, maybe if like something is especially bad and that's why I didn't, usually I don't finish stuff just because I lose interest. Um, yeah. I don't typically DNF things because it's like so bad I can't get through it. I, if if that were to happen, I guess maybe I would give it a one. But but I, I don't think that that's happened as lo as long as I've been on Goodreads at least. Um, so you know that. But the, this is kind of where I struggle with with rating stuff is that like I can always see like the good qualities of it, even if I didn't yeah. enjoy reading it. And that's I mean that's where I get with a lot of classics like that I don't enjoy not a lot of classics but the classics I don't enjoy I'm always like I see why this was a classic like this definitely yeah. deserves to be a classic I just I didn't enjoy it like I didn't like reading it and so I give it a three yeah. four or five because I'm like there's like redeeming qualities here even if I didn't yeah have fun reading it yeah it's one of those times where I wish Goodreads had a half star system so we don't get into yeah. the argument every time it's like oh two star <laughs> two out of five is in my opinion, is okay, but you know, yeah. but Pierce over here is like it's below average. Yeah. Anyways, um, I mean, I, you know, it sounds like a cool concept. I, I don't know that I have anything to add or ask. Is there anything you want to finish off with, or do you have any horror, um, horror tales from retail? Uh, I mean, I have a few. I don't, I don't know. I don't really want to. <laughs> okay there's definitely there's definitely a few in there i just uh I don't, I don't know i don't know if i want to get into those stories right now i think i'll get a little upset okay okay um anyways i guess i'll go we uh are we good we good with yep. that okay cool yes just want to make sure i have anything else all right so the cypher by kathy koja uh, this is a cult classic horror novel, so maybe you've heard of it, maybe you haven't. Um, it is a story about this couple. They're not really together, but they are together. It's complicated, basically. Um, 
And when we open, they've already found this, but at some point before the beginning of the story, they found in a storage closet or janitor's closet or some kind of room uh, in the narrator's apartment building, the narrator Nicholas, um, they found a hole which uh, seems to just be empty. They look inside and they're mesmerized by it and there's just nothingness. Um, They seem drawn to it. Uh, The narrator remarks, like, you know, it smells good in there. It seems like the, they call it the fun hole. It, it, It seems to, like, have a smell that it releases and i'm so i what i take from that is like it's kind of hypnotic and the smell is often like it's not always a good smell sometimes it's like described as bad or repulsive so i think it's like i mean i it depends on the scene i feel like it's used a first of all obviously to set a mood but also like it probably has some some deeper meaning this is a very like high concept book that I feel like has a lot of deeper meaning that I I just don't understand because it's so high concept. Um, Hmm. I feel like there's something, maybe the depth is just what you can take from it and there's not like an objective deeper meaning, but I feel like there is some kind of deeper meaning and I'm just uh, I feel like I've got some of it. But anyways, I'll get to that. (laughs) Anyhow, so they become obsessed with this fun hole. Um, the the two, I guess you call them the two main characters, Nakoda and Nicholas. Um, and event Nakoda starts. She keeps pushing Nicholas to experiment with it, um, and Nicholas keeps giving in because he's kind of a pushover, and he knows he's a pushover, and he's like, I don't want to be a pushover, but I just she I keep giving in to her and letting her mess with it. So she puts like a jar with bugs in or next to it, like right on the edge, and it like morphs into this like being. They like morph together and they spread apart, and they're like they try and form one whole. Like all the bugs in the jar come together into this mass of like flesh with wings. Um, she gets a hand from the morgue, like a human hand, and, and ties it off. Ties. It's not exactly said how she gets it. She, uh, I think she, she, it says like she knows a guy who works there or something. Um, if I remember, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but she ties a string to it and drops it down. Uh, and it starts climbing back up the, the rope. Um, and there's, you know, there's a time when they're in there together and she's so mesmerized by it that she's going to jump down and Nicholas has to like stop her. And that is the inciting incident. He is, she is so like ready to jump down and he is trying to stop her. And in the struggle, he like pushes her away. I think he knocks her out on accident. Like he shoves her away from it and she hits her head or something and falls to the ground. But or maybe she, I don't remember exactly. But the inciting incident is in this struggle, Nicholas falls, and his hand goes like shoulder length into the fun hole, um, and I think he like blacks out, uh, and 
<laughs> and um Aries. Relax, buddy. I'm trying to record over here. Maybe I'll leave that in. Um <laughs> uh but that's the inciting incident. From then on, he has this like gash in his hand that slowly like changes and it 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 bleeds and it like different fluids come out of it that have different effects on like his skin and the stuff they fall onto. Um and eventually he it turns into a fun hole on his hand. Um oh, I did not expect that. Yeah. Um and so then basically like the rest of the story is like, you know, uh Nakoda she pushes to um she pushes to experiment more with the fun hole. She makes a video and Nicholas, after watching the video is like, so freaked out. He's like, we got to stop messing with this. Like I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. And so she gets revenge on him by like getting more people involved. And then because more people are involved and, and something else happens, he, he's like, okay, we're going to, we'll mess with it a little bit more. And then it's clearly having some kind of an effect on him, like his connection to it. And Nakoda tells him, like, several times, like, it doesn't work without you. Like, I've gone by myself before. You have to be there. And, um, yeah, it's... And then, you know, the obsession increases. They start showing more people, either because Nicholas is stupid and drunk and tells people at, like, an art gallery, or because Nakoda is mad at Nicholas and she goes out and she gets like this gang of people who are like they're like big buff dudes who are like really interested in like freaky art and um and so she shows them the video and they're like all all of a sudden there's like this whole cult following that you know wants to see the fun hole so bad and and Nick needs to go and be in there for it to work and so they're like there's like a cult following who are either very pro Nick Nicholas and they want like, you know, they want to, they're on his side and they, they still want to see it. Obviously they're obsessed with the fun hole, but like, mm-hmm. like they're on his side. And then there's like people who are on Dakota side who want Nicholas to be in there just so they can like mess with it. Or, or she tries to like trick him into going in there so that she and her, like her cult can dive in to the fun hole. Um, Oh, they, 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 they put a mouse down there and it, it like exploded and then remorphed and, uh, it, yeah, like so much stuff happens and I think I also need to, It's 200 pages, but it felt so long. Yeah. Yeah. And not because... Not because so much happens, although it does feel like a lot happens, but because... Partially because of the style, honestly. Um, I've mentioned the style to Justin. Um, I'm going to read a paragraph just to show it's like the antithesis of 
um Cormac McCarthy where he says and a lot and it's this is very like uh play well she uses she uses a lot she uses a lot of punctuation instead of Cormac okay. McCarthy who like avoids punctuation um so here we go. So I didn't answer her. Back to the kitchen. Get your own mineral water. The beer was almost too cold. It hurt going down. When I came back to the living room, what passed for it? Big window, small floor, space, couch, bed, and bad chair. She smiled at me. The real thing this time. Um, sometimes I thought I was the only one who ever saw that she was beautiful, whoever had. God knows there wasn't much there, but I had eyes for it all. Let's go look at it, she said. The one argument there was no resisting. Quietly, we had learned to do it quietly. Down the stairs, turn right on the first landing, second floor to you. Past the new graffiti that advised Lisa is a whore, spelled very incorrectly. No phone number, naturally. Thanks a lot, assholes. And the unhealthy patina of aging slurs down the hall to what seemed might be some sort of storage room. Detergent bottles, tools. When you open the door, jumble of crap on the floor, and beyond that, a place, a space, the dust around it, pale and easily dispersed. Behold the fun hole. Um, that was from the first two pages. So it's I, I did kind of speed through it, but I hope I kind of got like the rapid change of of uh idea and focus that happens in this book, and it happened throughout it. Um the style she uses it to great effect to get you to like focus. You can't really skim this book because it's the his we're following like Nicholas's state of mind. He's like thinking about all these different things and he's interrupting himself. And I think there was one point that I that I mentioned to somebody where he was like interrupted his own interruption and then went back to the thing that he interrupted himself. And then there was yeah he just like jumped around this one idea and she uses it in the calm moments to like really get you to pay attention and to be a little disorienting. But then she kicks it up to another notch, the author to in moments around the fun hole and not every moment around the fun hole, but there are, especially when Nicholas is heavily being heavily affected by it after he gets his own personal one on his hand there are moments when Nick Nicholas is heavily affected by it and he can't control himself and he's going crazy and um Is this a giant metaphor? For it is it is a giant metaphor for something. <laughs> yeah. Um and he the the you know the style really makes those moments disorienting. And the way the author writes this book, you feel grimy reading it like i i this month has been extremely busy for me with school so i was reading this primarily on my breaks at work and so i normally eat a little something on my breaks at work whether it's a little oh, wow. snack i brought or whether it's like a sandwich and like Every day, no matter if it was like an especially gross part or just her describing his apartment or like the things that he was doing, I felt like grossed out every day. And I was just forcing okay. food down because I was like, I have an eight hour shift. I have to eat something. Um, 
there was one day where I literally gagged on my sandwich as I was eating. Like I was, I took a bite of the sandwich and I started gagging because of what I was reading. Luckily, I was the only one in the break room. Um, and there, like, there was another time when I was reading. I wasn't eating this time, but I, I was reading it, and it was one of those moments where Nicholas is being heavily affected by, like, the fun hole, the fun hole's aura, and he was going crazy and doing a bunch of things, and I finished that chapter or that section and I was like, oh, breaks over. And so I closed the book and I stood up and I was like disoriented. Like I was actually like I stood up and I was actually dizzy and I was starting to get a headache because it was so it it's very immersive. It forces you to focus on what's happening at all times if you really want to like get into the book um yeah it's just honestly like i recommend no i don't recommend it for everyone because it is very gross but i recommend this book if you can stand the gross and the grime and all that i recommend this book solely for the writing style it's an interesting unique writing style that is heavily immersive and really i mean this sounds like pedantic and cliche, but it really like keeps you on your toes. Like you really, you're, you're, you're in there, you're there. You feel the grime of Nick's apartment. You feel the insanity that is the like obsession with the fun hole. Um, and it's interesting. The obsession with the fun hole is, is further, even more interesting because of, as this like obsession with the fun hole is heightened, more characters come in, this cult following amasses. I felt myself becoming more obsessed with the story, how it would end, Nakota and Nick's relationship, what the fun hole actually was, which is honestly what all these characters wanted to know. That's the thing. The because it's so high concept and we don't really understand it and the characters understand it about as much as we do, they it it becomes this 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 the characters stand in for you. Your, their obsession becomes your obsession, but it's not obviously theirs is more exaggerated and 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 heightened, but I needed to know how it was going to end. Uh and the ending was uh, about as confusing as everything else, to be honest. But um, it hmm. it was very good, I think. Even though I, I was thoroughly grossed out in many, many parts of the book. Um, there's a lot of. I guess I should say. I should say this to you know cover all of my bases. Given that I recommended the book. Uh, there are lots of sex scenes, um, and many of them, many of them are gross. Um, and I don't mean in like a, oh, that's like a, that's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, maybe some people are into some of the things that are in this book. That's, I guess that's theoretically possible, but to me, and I would say probably to the average person, a lot of it's real gross. I showed Emma 
Um, I I sent my my girlfriend because I was like I had to read this now you do. There's a scene in the book where um, the narrator Nicholas finishes going to the bathroom, and it reads that right after he wipes, um, Nakota. For lack, I'm trying to keep it as as um, not family friendly, friendly as because we've passed we've passed that point already. But PG thirteen as, as, as PG thirteen and secretive as we can. Uh, she kneels in front of him. It's literally says right after he he's finished wiping. Um, he's a stand and wiper, I guess. Well, I don't know. Maybe he. Right after you could stand up in that two seconds. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. I, I don't I didn't really pay the other I was more focused <laughs> okay, on <yeah>. how disgusting <laughs> that 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 the whole scene was than whether or not he was a stand wiper. Um but yeah, no, it's like I read that and I was like, that is gross. Um Yeah. Like I, I don't there's no other way to say it. The but between the actions of these two people and the grime in his apartment and the gross things that happen around the fun hole, like it's just altogether an unnerving and gross novel. Um, and then I guess the other thing that I, I should say that, you know, has to do with more plot related stuff and character related stuff. Uh, these two characters relationship, if you couldn't tell is very toxic and I think that has to do with the meaning of the fun hole in general and, and this like obsession with it. There's like a, it, it's, it's the fun hole I think is in a way symbolizing depression. Um, there's it's, I mean, it's, it's nothingness, right? And there is a part of Nick at one point, the, the thing, Nicholas, uh, there's a there's there's a part in the book that really made me think about this aspect of it, where he essentially goes like, "Oh, to like become nothingness. Like, I just wish it would all be over." Um, <clears throat> and that obviously really sets off alarm bells for for depression. Um, but it, it, there's more to it than that, right? This like obsession with it and the toxicity of the two main characters in that relationship and the way that the way that he can never say no to Nakota. And also he always is like seduced by the fun hole and the fun hole and Nakota seem to hate the same people. Like there is a, a female character who is a, um, she kind of takes on the role as almost like a mother figure to Nicholas, where she's like taking care of him when he first hurts his hand. She's like trying to help him. She like patches it up. She gets him a beer or whatever. Um, she takes on like a nurturing role somewhat, and he trusts her. Uh, her name's Venice. And Nakota like hates her, basically. Every time they're in the same room, they like start fighting. Um, and then in the same vein, towards the end of the book, she and Nicholas are by the fun hole and the fun hole is like toying with her basically. 
it's it's a, it literally attacks her at one point um the fun hole has a mind of its own if you if you couldn't tell um yeah. and so I think there's it also kind of has something to do with with that relationship between those two characters mm-hmm. um it, I don't think it's an exact one to one I don't think Nakoda is the fun hole or the fun hole is Nakoda, but I think it's um the Nicholas's relationship to those two beings um is indicative of of a pretty strong connection between them. Um, yeah, uh, there's also like towards the end of the novel, they, they start talking about, or they, Nakoda specifically starts saying that like the fun hole is change. It's like transformation and it, I mean, it does transform, right? We talked about the bugs and stuff and I don't want to spoil it, but it does transform other things as well. And you know, Nakoda starts kind of changing and and sets the wheels in motion for Nicholas to, you know, start changing, getting the hole in his hand. He becomes more obsessed with the fun hole because Nakoda is obsessed with the fun hole. Like there's there's this comparison I feel being drawn between these two, and there's this like sense of uh, of dread and dislike but also obsession that that um nicholas has with both of them and he likes them and and they they like him he loves them and they like love him but like not really there's this they mistreat him too it's i i I think I'm getting somewhere and I'm actively actually talking through this, coming to some conclusions that I actually didn't have before I started talking, but I honestly don't know. Yeah. It's on my own because I can't find anything about it. There's not a Wikipedia page for this. There's not a Wikipedia page for this novel. I told Justin before we started recording, I, I cannot find, I found one academic paper and I found a, a review but the review didn't go in depth about meaning and the academic paper was locked behind a paywall. So I was like, and the Reddit threads I've seen is mostly people talking about like how good it is and recommending it to people. Like it's not usually, they don't usually get into meaning as much, but it's like, I, I, there's something here about toxic relationships and depression and the way that they change people and and other things in that vein and probably more too that I'm not quite getting or or forgetting to mention here and I just I don't know and I want to know and there it is that obsession like I I want to know what it means but I I just I don't and uh that's it's it's frustrating but it's also like it's exciting it gives you it really gives you something to think about and people always talk about online like this book sticks with you and i see that like i i'm i'm i want to know and i i don't think i ever will 100% know but i i think i've gotten closer even today hmm. i haven't been grossed out and by a book in a while so th- th- this all sounds very intriguing um also i did not know that you read while you eat during break i should start doing that just like uh, yeah i'm it's 
It's multitasking, honestly. I just I I just do it because I I have to eat and I want to get some reading done and I'm on break at work, so why not? Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm yeah, very no, careful not to get crumbs in my in my books though. I like I'm yeah, holding one in that. one hand all the way over here while I'm eating with the other hand, like all the way over here. Um what were you saying? No, I just respect that, you know, because I now I kind of want to get into the habit of doing that. Just like kind of multitask instead of watching a YouTube video while eating or something. But that is not my takeaway from that entire spiel. I was like, wow, he eats while reading. That's awesome. And ignoring everything <laughs> the whole time. Like I said, that yeah, towards like, the wow. beginning. <laughs> just... like, it's stuck in my mind. It's like, damn, I got I got to write that down. Oh my um, God. No, you covered a lot of bases. Um, I, I like how impassioned you are about, you know, this mystery, this elusive mystery. That, I mean, it sounds like there's not one answer. There are many mm. answers. It's one of those things that, you know, I kind of like an open-ended book sometimes where there's not always a clear answer. It's not always cut and dry. And it's sometimes not afraid to be gross and disgusting, which yeah. um, this book is unapologetically is, but not in a way that's gratuitous, which right. I commend it for that. I'm not indulging and in just disgust. The, the thing is, like, I... This this book is is so weird for me. I've never felt the need to so heavily recommend a book while also so heavily cautioning about its level of 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 grossness. The level um, of <laughs> in a different way, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like you literally feel grimy as you're reading it. Like it's not. Yeah. It is not, it is a hard, it is actively hard to get through at times, but it is worth it in the end, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's not, in, yeah. And it's not gratuitously gross. It's in the way it, it's tastefully disgusting. It's not like, it's not gross for the sake of being gross or weird for the sake of being weird. It has all these symbols and all that. Yeah. So I, it's very hard to execute correctly because sometimes it gives you lowbrow. It's like, oh, there's poop on the ground. Look how disgusting it is. It takes a level of talent to actually make that poop on the ground mean something. I don't know why I went yeah. there, but I went there. So. I, there are there are poop jokes slash like references in the book too. Like there there are things that on their own would probably be gratuitous, but like as a whole altogether, they because it's constant. It adds to mm -hmm. to this feeling. It's not out of place and gratuitous. It's it adds to this this constant like very um what's the word A continuous feeling of of disgust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, I, I I mean I don't think I have anything else to add right now. I probably will continue thinking about this book for at least a little while longer. Um, yeah. but, but I think I covered most of my bases that at least that I can remember. Yes, you have. And uh, apologies to the people that were not expecting that entire description, but it is horror month. So yeah, I don't know what to tell you. What did you expect? That's I, 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 yeah, I guess I could have said something like this is it's gross. I guess I could have started. If you don't like, that. Oop. yeah, <laughs> Too late. um, but yeah, I think that's, that's about it. Um, to say. Yeah. You can join us next month for Philosophy Month. 
we're basically doing Play-Doh. Are we, are we just going to call it Play-Doh Month and then maybe do like general philosophy Republic later? Month. Yeah, like we're both reading The Republic and I read a couple other Play-Doh things. Yeah. So maybe we just call it Play-Doh Month. <laughs> Play-Doh Month. Play-Doh and it, we're honestly not sure if we're going to be... Uh, we're not sure if we're going to be doing a, a bookends episode, but we might. You know, we might. it could be just like random. We don't know. See it on Twitter if it happens, but um, we'll definitely again last Saturday of the month be be talking about um, the Republic. So yes, all a right. A lot of annotating will be happening there for me and on my end, and looking up other people saying because mm-hmm. just just saying I Pierce may know a little bit more about this because he's really into philosophy. I'm this is me dipping my toe. This is my second philosophy book, maybe third philosophy book ever. This is me oh. dipping my toe too, but I did dip my toe a little bit deeper because I read the other, yeah. the other Plato, yeah, the other works yeah. by Plato too. Uh, anyhow, uh, you can find us on Twitter at NotJustAnyPod. You'll get updates about what we're doing as well as some memes from That's from meme. Justin right here. Um, I can't help you, myself. If if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a like, a follow, a rating, subscribe, whatever it is on whatever platform. We truly do appreciate it. And yeah. Yeah. Um, To all the ghosts out there that are named Prometheus, goodbye.